Are you going to start with it? Yep. Today's episode of Atlanta Zone is brought to you by Little Oscar. It's the cooler that your parents used back in the 70s with the orange top. You all know what I'm talking about. Uh, it's definitely a one-man drinking cooler. It holds approximately six beers, and that's it. And you'll be the coolest man at the pool with your little Oscar by Coleman. Our next sponsor of Atlanta Zone today is Digital Antenna. Do you hate spending $90 plus a month on cable where all you want to do is watch uh, your local sports and uh, the big games? Get a digital antenna. You can do all that for free. Go to digital antenna slash Atlanta's own. That's slash Atlanta's own. Enter the code AO for 10% off your first month of having a digital antenna, even though there's no subscription service. Let's start the show. What's up, Atlanta sports fans? My name is Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Kalal, and we are Atlanta Zone, two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports with wacky-ass hijinks and analysis. Adam, triumphant returns. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. I feel like uh, the little intro should have been modified. It's more like the last three weeks. Or like, yeah, last recap month and a half. Slash major uh, looking ahead for the next month or two. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I'm, do- I'm doing well. I <laughs> uh, just had to get that out there. Got to keep you honest. Yeah. Uh, no complaints. Uh, we just got back. Graham and I took a big trip to Iowa. Iowa, yeah. Mason City, Iowa. If you've never been there, it's truly fantastic. I uh, forgot to mention one of our other sponsors, Laredo's. Laredo's. In uh, Mason City, Iowa. Uh, if you want to get really cheap beers with good friends. Or cocktails. Or cocktails. Four dollar screwdrivers there, folks. Go to Laredo's. Go to Laredo's. Yep. Mason City, Iowa. Yeah. Uh, what, what's going on with you, Graham? Yeah, I'm doing well. Uh, I'm looking forward to the start of the NFL season. Um, and Falcons kicking off next week against the Bears. I'm uh, tired of watching the Braves um, just because I, I can't stand the losing anymore, even though I know we're getting some better contributions from uh, Ozzy and uh, Dansby recently in terms of the future. But, like, it's just it's just tough to watch. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy the NFL is returning to sort of uh, – Melt away those Braves blues. Yeah, it's really, really gone downhill ever since we were at 500. Um, read some article uh, from DOB talking about Brandon Phillips. Yeah. May he rest in peace as a, a Braves player. Yeah, I guess that's the first thing to point out in terms of news, right? Brandon Phillips is traded for uh, to the Angels uh, on August 31st for Tony Sanchez, I believe. Yeah, here he has uh, Javi Lopez upside. Oh, uh, catcher from the uh, the Angels, who I think play a little bit in Pittsburgh, um, profession like in the in the majors. I think he's been in the minors this year, but you know, we're, I don't, I haven't heard this Javi Lopez upside. No, I'm making that up because oh, okay. I know you don't like the deal. No, I don't like the deal at all. Uh, I think Brands had a really good uh, season. I think we could have gotten a little more for him. I mean, kind of, we've gotten some draft pick or something. I would rather get in like a really late draft pick than. And this guy who doesn't really seem to provide anything, I feel like it's just a throwaway trade. Um, well, yeah, Brandon Phillips is also a 36-year-old second baseman slash third oh, baseman, yeah, he, and you hit, you're going to get him for a month and a half. You're not going to get a lot of value back for the guy. 
But if you're in a, but the thing is, the Angels are in a really big postseason push for that second wild card, and you think you know them being a desperate team and making these last second trades to try and improve themselves that you could have gotten a little bit more than some catcher they could easily do without. I don't know. Give me a give me like a tenth round pick or something, fifteenth round pick. I don't know. I'd, I'd take that over this guy who we know who's like I think twenty six, twenty seven, who doesn't have any upside at all. Well, two, three points here. A. As always, we don't know the negotiations, and obviously the phone wasn't ringing off the, uh, the what have you. Off the hook. Off the hook, there we go, <laughs> for Brandon Phillips that from other true. teams. So, yeah, take something. And by trading him for whatever we got out of him, uh, it opens the door for the young guys to step in. We can really see what we have out of Camargo, let him get in at third. And uh, Rio Ruiz is back yeah. up as well. Yeah, and I, so like I think that's more important than watching Brandon Phillips, who I mean played great. I love the guy. Yeah, but uh, him playing great for the next month and a half doesn't do anything for our future. No, that's true. I yeah. just I just wish we could have gotten a more substantial uh, haul for him. It doesn't have to be like huge. I'm being I'm trying to be realistic here, but just something that would be like okay, good. I can I can deal with that. But yeah, regardless, I think it's good that Camargo and Ruiz will get more playing time, particularly Camargo, who's who's emerged as this, uh, you know, fantastic addition, I think, um, but from an offensive and defensive standpoint. So um, definitely glad to get him back off the DL. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, so that's the Brandon Phillips. But, yeah, what I was going to say yeah. about him is he could tell uh, he was talking about the team making the push to 500. Right. And he knew from them, it's like, yeah, we're either going to keep playing like this or greatly digress because it's like, Getting to 500 was the goal. Yep. And then when they got there, they just weren't fighting and hustling like they were because they reached that goal and things just went to hell after that. Right. I believe the uh, the record when that article was written, I think they said it was either 11 or 12 and 27 since they got to 500. So there's definitely been a significant drop off. And um, I know it takes a lot out of you mentally to try and, you know, get back to 500 when you've been, you know, anywhere between 5, 10, 12 games under the whole season, and you're in this constant sort of seesaw battle where it just doesn't seem like you're ever going to get there, and then you get there, big relief, big emotional relief, and then, yeah, you, the wind kind of gets taken out of your sails a little bit, and they, the Braves have certainly uh, collapsed since then, but I don't think we should, you know, I don't think there's any expectation that we were going to, you know, from a realistic standpoint outside of the locker room that they were going to do anything but be 500 team at best at, at that point in the season when it was, I can't remember, May or June. Right. So, um, <clears throat> But hopefully we see some decent baseball the last month like we did last year. Yeah, I know September call-ups are coming soon, and um, I'm hoping that uh, Ronald Acuna gets to come up. I know I've been talking about him a lot on the show recently. So, um, <clears throat> You do hope they call him up, huh? Yeah, definitely. You, you don't care about that extra year of uh, arbitration you get if he doesn't come up this year? Yeah, I mean, that's a good point, but I, I still would like to see him because I think you're going to throw him out there no matter what next year. But at the same time, you might be right. Yeah. So I wasn't taking that into account. I'm just, oh, I, se- I selfishly just. You got to look at things from all angles, bro. Uh, well, that's what we do on this show, right? Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. But um, selfishly, I want to see him play just because he's been oh, just sure. raking like a madman yeah. in AAA, all, all levels. So, I mean, but I, I can understand that point of view, too. Yeah, I mean, he, he's. He, he, I think he's going to be the opening day. Uh, oh, he's got to be right fielder, regardless. He's got to um, be, and there, there's no reason to bring him up. I don't think now. It's not like when Andrew Jones was called up and we needed him for the playoff right run into the World Series. Yeah. So, 
Um, and, and what value is a month going to get you, I guess. You know? Right. I mean, it's going to get you something. It's good to get the experience, but who knows how much playing time he's going to have, blah, blah, blah. So I hear you. Blah, blah, blah. Um, we're, we're pushing through the Brave stuff at this point because, although I would be interested if there's any users out there that still uh, are watching every single inning of every single game. Yeah, if you are, please comment on the uh, the old Facebook page or the Twitter and let us know. Because and are you getting joy out of it? Yeah, because when I watch it, it's just a test and 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 will. Um, you know, we've we've been spoiled forever as as Braves fans uh, in terms of being competitive, regardless of our our championship chokes and things like that. You know, there's only been in our lifetime. There's only been like really five separate instances, five like four or five straight seasons where you haven't been a real playoff contender you know you had the 2006 through 2009 and now you've had the 2014 through 17 which I is guess, building up to a lot of years yeah and so but I mean you think about all these other teams like the Pirates for example you know they, they went 20 years without being competitive so right. we've been really spoiled you only have like six seven years of not really competitive baseball um, so for us to complain about it, it's kind of horseshit when you think about other cities but it's tough, though. It's still tough. It's still tough to watch. Um, the, la- the last game I sat down and committed myself to for a solid seven, eight innings, Jim Johnson came in and blew it in the ninth, and I was just infuriated. That's something I want to talk about, and I, I, <laughs> I really don't understand what Snitker's trying to do by keep throwing him out there. Uh, it doesn't make sense. He has no trade value. He blows every single game he's in. He gives up like, at least a run, it seems like, every time he goes out there. And um, I don't know what this does for you. I don't know what this does for the team. How does it put you in a position to win baseball games? And even when he came in, we were down 4-1 to one, uh, against Phillies, I think. Either. He, bl- he blows these games so quickly, too. Yeah. It's like it all just snowballs on him. He's got nothing left in the tank, it seems like. And yeah. I know he had a really good season last year. But for the love of God, I mean, I'm glad he's out of the closer role. He's kind of being used now and sort of like if we're down – Kind of thing, but I guess they just don't want to eat the money at this point. I guess they'd eat five million, but who gives a shit? I mean, he's just so bad. Yeah, there's no reason to keep him on the team. He doesn't provide anything for you, nothing. And um, maybe they just don't want to see him go do what uh, Bartolo's doing now and uh, go to another team and somehow find his form and be a respectable major leaguer. Yeah, I guess that's but very unfair about that Bartolo. Is very unfair. Bartolo's got like. Four or five wins with the Twins. Yeah, he's got like a ERA and let's, high let's, threes. Or let's look at Bartolo's stats because I'm morbidly curious. Yeah, he, the Twins are getting out of him what we thought we would get, and of course the fans love him because he's Bartolo. Yeah, and he's goofy and internet slow. Internet is very slow. Let's see. So with the Twins, he's still not pitching amazing. He's got a, but he is you know serviceable. He's a four point oh nine ERA, one four seven WHIP. Compare that with the Braves, where he had an eight one four ERA, a one seven eight WHIP. So he's definitely had a much uh, much more success there, and almost as many innings, fifty five to sixty three innings. So, um, yeah, he's he's still giving up a lot of home runs, ten home runs, but. And that's almost the same amount of time with the Braves. He gave up 20. So he's definitely figured something out there. But, yeah, uh, so that's frustrating. But, yeah, I, I don't want to see Jim Johnson pitch again. And the fact that Snicker keeps going to these post-game press conferences and just being like, well, we're just going to, you know, 
Hopefully he figures it out. It just seems like very Freddy Gonzalez. Yeah, and that he's been getting that comparison a lot. Yeah, and I don't, I don't like that. Um, you know, if you're not doing your job, you should not be put in a position to contribute anymore because you're a detriment. I mean, if if either of us at our jobs sucked at what we did, we just get fired. This is true. Yeah. Uh, Snitker, speaking of jobs, he as of September first has still not been extended beyond this year. Correct. I believe so. Well, that's a little uh, something to watch. Well, I think, too, if you want to really get into the uh, organizational upheaval that's going on, uh, Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic, uh, formerly of Fox, uh, reported... The think, Athletic? Yeah, it's a new new website. What the hell is that? I don't know. It's a new website. But um, Do they have more users than us? I assume they do if they have Ken Rosenthal in tow. So we just need to bring in some more some more talent, huh? Yeah, I think we I think we can maybe pry Ken away from his agreement. I don't know. I think we're we're pretty close to them, aren't we? Yeah, we have yeah. we have good relations. That's my boy. Yeah, we we know him if he was walking down the street. Yeah, yeah. Short white guy, bow tie. Well, we'd know him. I don't know if he'd know us. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, he reported that uh, there was a leak of some sort in the front office, and there's all these uh, reports of different guys within the organization, scouts, things like that. Um, uh, trainers, blah, 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 coaches being sort of moved around in the organization. Some people being promoted, some people being demoted, some people being let go, um, things like that. And then the overall uh, item there apparently was that there's a lot of uh, disagreement, at least within the organization, as to who's really running the front office. Is it John Scherholz, who is now the chairman, or is it team president John Hart and General Manager Frank Capuella, and um, and so people and so this, I, I say Frank Capuella. Frank Capuella. Oh, thinking, thinking of Frank, Frank uh, yeah, Caliendo. Yeah. <laughs> um, so apparently, a lot of people are wondering <laughs> if this is a precursor to larger organizational shifts. If it's going to be, um, you know, who's really running the team? Is it John Scherholz or is it John Hart and John? Coppolella. Too many Johns. Man. There's too many Johns. So yeah, it's, that's, the, so, that's the issue number one that they should deal with. Right. But it's like, it's like, yeah, people are wondering, is it Scherholz or is it Hart and Copy? And um, so that exposes a lot of question marks in terms of moving forward what, what we're going to do. Um, and certainly someone in the organization is talking and they don't know who, but you know, you don't get all this information just in an offhand remark. No. So what, what are your, well, that's because I, I was always under the impression that uh copy was kind of the, the main guy in charge, but uh, it's definitely an issue that needs to be uh, dealt with. Yeah, and I'm I'm kind of of the mind that I mean I I respect the hell out of John Scherholz. But why, um, yeah, why, I, I like why the hell is that an th- issue with John Scherholz still being around? I thought his role was very. Uh, it's, it's certainly it's supposed to be hands off for the uh, player development at this yeah, point. Yeah, it's certainly more diminished, um, at least in theory, because he used to be when Frank Wren was the GM. And took over for Scherholz. Scherholz became the president, so he's still very involved. Um, but you know, Frank was the guy making the deals, and then it seemed like now that he was the chairman, he was more in a senior advisory role, and you know would contribute what he needed to, but would be more involved with other things in the organization. Not necessarily as shaking much, hands, kissing babies. Yeah, not necessarily as much with the uh, you know player personnel uh, issues. So. I, I'm of the mind that, uh, you know, I, I love John Scherholz. I respect John Scherholz for what he did for the city and for the team. Without him, we don't have that historic run of uh, excellence. But 76, um, we have certainly gotten soft over the years, I feel like, as an organization. And I think that 
started under his rule when he left and promoted Frank Wren. Frank Wren rubbed all these people the wrong way, and the whole organization kind of ran in this way where, where no one really liked Frank Wren. And Who's your source? Well, this is just well-known. Oh, yeah? Yeah, a lot of people didn't like Frank Wren. Frank Wren was the reason Bobby Cox left earlier than he wanted to. Bobby didn't want to stop managing. You can say what you want about that, but um, uh, there was that, and just in terms of personnel issues, a lot of old scouts that the Braves had left because they didn't like Frank Wren. There's a lot of there's a lot of ins and outs, as Adam Cloud would say, in terms of those issues. But those all happened under Scherholz's watch where the organization became a place where it didn't seem – it seemed like there was a lot of tension all the time, and now it seems like it's happening again. So I would prefer if John would just step down or be in a Bobby Cox capacity where he was really just there but not really there kind of thing. So we need an early retirement type deal. Yeah, and, I mean, he's 76. I mean – I don't understand. You yeah, know, why do you want to work till you're 76? Well, I mean, I don't. I, I get. I understand not wanting to stop working, but I also don't get why he can't. I mean, I, I guess I can understand why he doesn't want to let go, but he he needs to let go if he really believes in in Hart and uh, Capoella. Then he needs to let them make the decisions. If if they need to ask him his advice, by all means, give your advice. But it shouldn't be this thing. I think there's too many cooks in the kitchen right now, and it's leading to a lot of uh, a lot of issues. Um, seemingly with this report and uh, it's certainly not a good thing for the organization moving forward because it seems like it's unstable yeah so um i guess we'll keep our eyes on that but i don't know anything else you want to no i think you pretty much uh covered that story yeah um in terms of the young guys in terms of position players dansby since coming back uh in august has done a really good job uh he's hitting 309, uh, 422 on base percentage, 14 walks. His slugging percentage is bad. He hasn't hit any home runs, but he's getting on base. He's he's taking pitches and he's uh, and he's, he's you know getting base hits and they're 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 hard hits um, for the most part from what I've seen. So it's it's been nice to see him. And his defense has been uh, much improved as well. Yes, I don't even know if he's made any errors since he's come back up. Maybe he has, but it hasn't been as glaring a problem as it was before he was sent back down. So maybe going back to AAA was exactly what the doctor. Yeah, I mean, there. like there wasn't, there's never anything wrong with Dansby's swing. It was just classic, uh, as happens to me often in bowling and any other athletic endeavor I take on. And it was a classic head case situation. Right. Um, he started struggling a little bit, and then the pressure kind of got in his head, and you just can't uh, succeed in headspace like that. So I think going to AAA and kind of just being able to reset and be like, hey, I was drafted number one overall for a reason. I have talent. Just let your talent do the talking. Right. Don't put so much pressure on yourself. Yeah. Down in Gwinnett, where there's only an average of 722 people watching a game a night, uh, worked out for him. So yeah. I'm, I'm glad to see that and uh, got something to build on for next year. Oh, for sure. And I, I think that's good. Ozzy Albies has looked good. Um, I know he was struggling a little bit at the plate initially, but, you know, he's uh, looks like a solid all-around player. Looks defense. like he belongs. Defense has been stellar. Only yep. one error, uh, hitting 280 on base percentage, a little north of 340, I think, and certainly take some more pitches. But um, looks fine, especially like your first month in the majors. I'll take that all yeah, day. very so, fair. Very fair. Um, so I think that's really it for the Braves. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're getting down to the end of the season. Uh, September call-ups are coming. We get to see some other, other pitchers here and other – Maybe positional players take some more reps, and um, other than that, you know, this will be a merciful end to the season. Whenever you know, by the end of September, I'm I'm very much looking forward to it. 
to the end. Yes. And to see sort of what we do in the off season and how this, you know, new leaks about the organization affects us moving forward. So I'm, I'm more interested in that than I am in what I'm seeing on the field. Right. All right. So moving on to the Falcons news, we recorded today's episode, uh, which is September 2nd, uh, before the 53 man roster was announced. We don't have anything for you there. Um, to talk about. Google probably has that info for you if you want to check that out, though. Yeah, by the time you hear this, that news will happen. Yeah. Um, anyway, so we, uh, given the... Uh, well, for those of you that don't know, the Falcons went 0-4 for the preseason. First team looked pretty good outside of the third game against the Cardinals. Um, with the exception of defense, I thought, looked all right there. But um, the the backups weren't good. And that's the reason why we wound up going... Excuse me, going 0-4. And, uh, and one of the big areas of concern, depth-wise, was offensive line. And so the Falcons made a trade for Ty Sambrelio. I'm sure I just butchered. <laughs> Sound very confident in that pronunciation. Yeah, butchered the shit out of his name. Let me try it again. Poor, poor Ty. Yep. Because of this, the Falcons traded for Ty Sambrelio of the Denver Broncos, uh, who's a tackle. He was a second-round pick out of Colorado State in 2015. Played a few games with them as a rookie. Played 10 games with the team last season. Um, I don't know a lot about him, but with the offensive line being such a problem for this team in terms of depth, I'm fine with just getting a warm body plugged in there that's anyone other than the majority of the backups that we've seen on the offensive line this preseason. Um, the, the first team offensive line has looked pretty good. It's just those backups are god-awful. And uh, we gave up a fifth-round pick for uh, Sambreo, so... We will see what he does. Hopefully, he's not not going to have to play all that often because our, hopefully our line can stay healthy again. But it's it's nice to see that Thomas is addressing um, offensive line, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see him uh, pick up another tackle or guard just just depth wise um, since they struggled so much. Uh, the second and third string struggled so much in the preseason. Well, they also yeah, I think he's done a good job uh, solidifying that. Because they also we also what was that like three weeks ago we picked up Austin past Nor from the Browns, mm-hmm. um, and we know our history with picking up ex Browns players, oh, yeah. Gabriel and Alex Max. So it seems like with past Nor and Sam Brilo, whatever the hell this dude's <laughs> name is, yeah. we at least have some veterans in place that could fill in in case of a uh, injury or what have you, right? And um, Backup defensive line didn't really do a good job either. But both both sides of the line, uh, reserve wise, certainly didn't do well. Um, Matt Sims, your boy, I know you like to talk about him a little bit. Oh yeah, every t- every bad he did. Every time I turned a game on, it was Matt Sims playing. So I wasn't too uh, stoked about watching the rest of that game. Yeah, our offense just had no rhythm or flow uh, whenever he got in the game. Or Alex Torgerson, um, the guy out of Penn, just seemed like we couldn't really get much going against anyone's backups. And I think a lot of that had to do with the line. Offensive line just collapsed automatically. Guys are getting pushed back. Or um, backup offensive line. Yeah, backup offensive line, sorry. Um, but by the time they're playing, Most the of which probably are, aren't on the going to make the team. Which Well, some of them will just inherently because well, yeah, what else you got? But not as a full unit. No, and, but I'm still very concerned if someone goes down this year who's a key contributor on offensive line, who's going to replace them? Because um, there's no way in hell we're getting through a full season again with all the offensive linemen being healthy. So I am quite concerned still about that. And the preseason added fuel to the fire there for my Yeah, concerns. but these veterans that we just talked about, they'll be the guys stepping in, not these 
yeah, we still don't nobodies that play in the preseason. When yeah. People getting all jacked up about the preseason. That really, uh, in the words of Peter Griffin, that really chaps my ass. Like, just overanalyze. This guy, perfect example. Uh, I was talking to someone who went to, it was the third preseason game, and he was talking about this guy that was sitting next to him at, uh, what do we call that stadium now, the Benz? What's the nickname for it? Um, I'm still calling it the Dome. Even though I know <laughs> nice. it's, it's not the Dome. It's called Mercedes-Benz Stadium, but I'll always call it Mercedes-Benz Dome. Hold strong. Yeah. I like it. Even though it'll be open air at some point whenever the uh, the great anus, as I like to call it, is fixed. The retractable roof. <laughs> Uh, okay, <laughs> I'll power through but that anyways, one. <laughs> talk about what your friend was saying. Uh, the game. So this guy next to him, he was just like listening to him throughout the entire game, just like losing his shit over like the poor play of. I mean, the first unit didn't play that great that game either. Yeah, but the first unit also isn't showing them any of their real plays. They're just. You know, kind of running it up the gut, right? Taking it easy, like it's gotta, not the real game plan. Yeah, and you got to take into account too that you know Gabriel and Julio haven't been out there all preseason, haven't practiced as much due to yeah. injury with the team, and um, you know Freeman's been out for a while. So I mean, I yeah, I have no concerns about that first string offense. Right. They're going to be locked and loaded and ready to rock against Chicago next week. So so uh, um, I don't want to freak out too much about. The first team, even on defense, seemed that they looked really good. They were forcing turnovers. Tack McKinley looked fantastic um, when he got in. I think he got his first action in the second game against Pittsburgh. And I remember this one play where he just he didn't even have to go around him. Like, he, he didn't even have to, like, go through the offensive line. He just went right around him. He was so fast. Yeah. And got a, got a, didn't get the sack. We got a pressure and forced an incompletion. Um, he looked good um, on defense. But, you know, even though – both sides have looked good. Uh, first string on offense, first string on defense. Can't freak out too much. And I guess you can say the same thing about the backups. But I think at that point with the backups, you, you kind of see when you're when you're when your backups are getting beaten by Jacksonville's backups. That's that scares me a little bit. No, no, not at all. No, it doesn't, doesn't doesn't scare you at <laughs> it's all. It's preseason. Who cares? All right. Anyway, so this guy at the as Graham calls it the Great Anus, I suppose. We'll put that out there. Now. <laughs> um, as he like this guy is like on the verge of like giving up his season tickets, throw it in the, the towel. Well, it's like a, yeah, game. classic. Like that's how people react Jesus. in Atlanta. And so he paid for the PSL. Well, he he, he's just like losing his mind over this team and saying the season's over. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Like, that's a that's an extreme it's, reaction. It's a classic Atlanta move. Though. Oh yeah. Um, but no, it's preseason. Like I, I'm sorry. Who cares? Like we'll we'll we can actually analyze after week one, and even then, yeah. Do you, do you remember what we did in the preseason last year? No, and I also remember we were at uh, I can't remember what bar we were at watching the first game against Tampa Bay, but we were like we're gonna go like six and ten this year. Yeah, because we looked like shit. Yeah, but the NFL is a long season, right? And you know many things can happen over the course of the season. And, yeah, so uh, like you, you, you can't have an ultimate judgment after one game or two games or three games. You can't have. You can't totally freak out after after uh, you know preseason, but I still think you can have cause for concern in some areas. I'm not saying lose your mind, but cause for concern. No, you have no this cause for concern. No, this team's coming off a Super Bowl. They've improved the roster. A lost Super Bowl. We like. Oh, come on, Graham. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, yes, we did lose the Super Bowl. So if, if put that out there, yeah. If preseason doesn't matter to you. 
It's about just getting the players warmed up, getting the timing right. But like, for guys the results are, certainly don't matter. For guys who are fighting for roster spots like Teron Ward, who had a, I thought had a very good preseason, you look at his uh, stats, 30 attempts, 113 yards, and two touchdowns, um, you know, in terms of player evaluation. Oh, it matters for that. It yeah. matters for the coaches trying to decide who's going right. to put on this Cause, roster. Because everyone came into the season saying, Brian Hill, Brian Hill, Brian Hill is going right. to be the third running back. Teron Ward looked beyond hungry out there fighting for his yeah. life. And he certainly earned that spot over, over Hill to me Definitely. in the preseason. Uh, no, it matters in cases like that for individual players trying to win a spot on mm-hmm. the roster. But as far as overall team, right, you can't take anything out of it. No, and I and I can I can sort of see that. I'm just saying, depth wise, I am concerned on, on offensive line, not necessarily on defensive line. I think we got a ton of depth there, but O line, I would like Thomas to keep adding a couple more pieces there. Well, you can only have so many offensive linemen. True, but I think we have a bunch of defensive linemen, and even like I like I would be fine if we traded Brooks Reed, for example. Um, for an offensive lineman, because uh, you're paying him a lot of money. I think he's got like an $11 million deal, and he only had 14 tackles last year or something like that. Um, he's probably not going to get much out of Brooks Reed. No, and I think Duke Riley's probably going to be the third linebacker, so I would be fine with trading him for, for O-line depth. How's our linebacker depth? Do you know? Well, you got Riley, you got uh, Deion Jones, you got Devondre Campbell, you got Reed. You got Leroy Reynolds. I mean, we could we could probably add, and you got so I mean, like if you get rid of Brooks Reed, right? And I guess Vic Beasley is still technically considered a linebacker, even though he's really a defensive end. So I mean, yeah, linebacker depth you could probably beef up a little bit, but I'm I, I would still rather have more depth on that offensive line. You know what, what's never going to happen, and this is me, the Clemson Tiger, and me talking. Um, the Panthers <laughs> released Ben Bulware. For mm-hmm. those of you who don't know, Ben Bulware, he was the um, the nation's best linebacker. Like he was voted the nation's best linebacker in college football last year. And he's just like the heart and soul of a team is how I would describe Ben Bulware. Mm-hmm. He's all over the place on the field. And he just got no playing time in preseason with the Panthers and got cut. So that would be a guy I would love to see us add. Probably wouldn't happen. But like I'm telling you, that, that guy's going to be a stud, whoever actually goes after him. It's quite the proclamation. And you got to think too, if he came to the Falcons and he's as as good as you think he is, there's got to be some revenge factor. Oh yeah, uh, especially yeah. you know because you're in the same division. Yeah, that that, that would have been amazing. Another uh, thing that I was hoping would have happened that probably never will happen. You saw Joe Hayden was released this past week yeah, from the he, Browns. He got picked up by the Steelers. Yeah, I would have taken it with Jalen Collins being out. I think that would have been a yeah, good and play that's, for us. And that's if we another place. To spend the money. That's another place too where we kind of lack in depth now. It's at corner because he pretty much got oh. uh, Trufant, Robert Alford, and uh, Poole. And I know you got DeMonte Casey, but I know they wanted to put him at safety. They were training him for that. So I think, you know, we could definitely see Thomas make moves to get another corner and more offensive line help in here in the coming days when uh, after the uh, – <clears throat> well, maybe not even the coming days, the coming day after the, the rosters are set today. So uh, we could certainly see that. Um, <clears throat> another guy that was disappointed was Sean Harlow in the center we drafted in the fourth round uh, I thought he was he just got pushed around he had like Tyrannosaurus arms he was just sort of there every yeah. time someone rushed him he was just pushed back um, didn't do a good job of pass protecting so I'd kind of like to see what we did with um, who was it Schweitzer last year 
sort of keep him on the active roster but train him up some. Yeah. I don't think he's ready to play in the NFL yet. Um, can't train him to have longer arms, though. No, you can't. That is, a, that is certainly a problem. <laughs> um, and there's still no decision as to who's going to start at right guard between the aforementioned Wes Schweitzer and Ben Garland. They've both been really close. But yeah, I think either. Like, I, I, I'm fine with either of yeah, them. And yeah. the good news is whoever doesn't start, if the it's other a backup. Guy, yeah, the other guy goes down, there's a little bit of depth right there. So... Um, I think that's really it in terms of Falcons minus our predictions. We're not going to go as crazy as we did with the uh, the Braves predictions for those of you that remember earlier in the year when we did that, where it was like a two part show of just Braves predictions. But um, so, what do you think, Adam? You look at the schedule. Where where are we going to wind up by the end of the season? Eleven to twelve wins. Eleven to twelve wins. Yes. I think the only games I fear that we lose are the Patriots game. The Seahawks game and a couple of division games, like maybe losing yeah. one of the Saints or one versus. I'm, the I'm worried about Tampa Bay. Tampa personally. Bay, we could certainly lose. I think we go at least eleven and five, though. I mean, there's some, there's a lot of cupcakes on the schedule. Um, the Lions, the Bills, the Dolphins, the Jets, um, the Vikings don't concern me. The Saints don't concern me. The Bears, the Bears in the first. If game. If we lose to the Bears in the first game, then something's up. I'll panic. Yeah, but um. I, th- I think it's a very manageable schedule, and there's no reason why we shouldn't win the division again, or at least if something bad happens, we're we're we have a we're a wild card. Um, if if we don't, then there's either some serious health issues, or I don't know, something horrendous happened uh, in terms of team chemistry. So, <clears throat> so what do you think? What's your final win loss prediction? So you want me to pick between eleven and twelve? Yes. Eleven and a half. Eleven and a half. Not possible, but I will say eleven wins as well. Eleven and five, I think we go. <clears throat> I think we win the division. Fuck Tampa Bay. Yeah. You just gotta get in though. So yep. if we win a wild card, not the end of the world. Yeah, I agree. Um so that wraps up our Falcons coverage. Uh and something we're gonna try and do in the uh this season is after the game, try to record uh podcast breaking down the recap and try and get it out the next morning so we can get things to y'all a little faster and uh, be more current, if you will. So yeah, I think we're going to move on to uh, our interview this week with great friend of the show and amazing user, Alexa Reese. We need to... We're going to set up our studio for uh, three people now. Yeah, it's going to be very hard. More of a uh, two-person two studio, person so we're going to bring in a different this chair. Is close enough. Alexa, can you uh, see everything all right? Yes. All right, good. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of equipment here. Yeah. A lot of, yeah. a lot of cords. My a lot eyes of mics. are working. Parted our mess. Perfect. It's yeah. all good. Um, so thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. Um, we wanted to get sort of a uh, few few things from you in terms of your perspective because one, you're you're not a native of Atlanta like we are. Correct. But you have moved here. Uh, you moved mm-hmm. here in like, what, 2012? <laughs> Just a fact sheet of Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> moved here in like 2012 or something? 2013? Uh, yeah, like officially I think it was like 2013. Right. After school. Yeah. You've been a, uh, a big sports fan your whole life. You come from Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Big Orioles and Ravens fan. Yep. Still a big Orioles and Ravens fan. Yep. But um, you know, since you've moved here, how has Atlanta sports affected you in terms of your fandom, in terms of at least... Supporting some of the local teams, um, probably maybe more than you anticipated, uh, I would think. But how has that experience kind of shaped your overall sports 
perspective now that you've sort of got let me rephrase this question because it's terrible <laughs> I was like I hope she has a way to answer this yeah. I don't know what the hell he's so, talking about <laughs> do you have a team that you watch now yeah. because of this city yeah. and that city combined <laughs> that was terrible. We haven't done an interview in a while. It's been a long it's time. It's all right. Yeah. Yeah. So, just, um, just take your time. Start yeah. over. Yeah. <laughs> it's the beauty of not being live. <clears throat> right. Um, so in terms of when you've moved here, in terms of being a sports fan, how has like, coming here now affected your overall sports fandom in the sense that you came from a place, you already had ties to teams, but in terms of how the local teams have affected you as a transplant? Sure. Um, it's made me appreciate my home teams a lot just because – Atlanta struggles really hard with all of their sports. Very unfair. <laughs> <laughs> and that is very unfair. And But it also has... I do root for these teams a lot more than I thought I was ever going to. Before I moved here, Graham got me back into baseball by having me come to Braves games. And I remember that in like 2010 because I was like, I don't really care about baseball. I grew up my whole life, even though being an Orioles fan, because I was from Baltimore and... You know, my stepdad is a native of Maryland, so he was really into me watching those games. Uh, they were terrible. They had 10 losing seasons, and they were just absolutely awful from mostly when I remember them, which is the mid-90s onward. So coming here and seeing a team that was, at that time, decent at baseball was really exciting, and they were getting to the playoffs, and I was like, oh my gosh, this team is actually awesome. And then when the Orioles started getting good again, it got me just more into the sport in general that I'd kind of fallen off baseball was much more of a football fan. So now I think I kind of equalized that out and I root for the Braves just as much as I root for the Orioles, which is not something like I've definitely adopted them as my team from here. I own a lot of their gear. I'm wearing some of their gear right now and it's not something I ever thought I was going to do. I was like, yeah, even if I live here, I'm probably never going to like root for the teams. Like, like I'll root for them because you guys do because I have yeah. friends, but it's not like... You know, they won't ever be like my team, but that is not the case, which is awesome because then I have just so many sports that I need to catch up on and watch. Uh, Falcons are a little bit different. I love watching them, love going to the games, but they're very much still a second team for me. Uh, and I think that's just from just falling in love with football, being little, and falling in love with the Ravens. Like, I would probably have to live here for 20 years. Yeah, you can years only be diehard to one football yeah. team, I feel <laughs> like, like. I always joke with people yeah. like that. I'm like, I'd have to live here for 20 years, have a family, and, like, Raise them really as brave, be, yeah. As Falcons fans. Yeah, like, yeah. really be rooted here. And even then, I'd still probably be like, I mean, I never won't root for the Ravens. Yeah. Like, even if the Falcons end up taking over that as my team, it would always be something that's with me so. it's it's been a challenge for us uh, in the past couple of years finding a bar that will play both falcons and ravens games yes which is very unfair <laughs> yes. yeah brew house brew house did a good job for a while there are some diehard ravens fans that would go in there some ladies with their joe flacco's jerseys so um but it's tough because it, when they're both on at the same time it is a tough option for me to be like well i really want to watch them but i want to see how Atlanta's doing too. And, yeah, well, you only get 16 you know. games a year. Like, you want yeah, to watch your damn team exactly. yeah, on one of those days. Um, but it's 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 different than what I thought it was going to be, and it's helped me, like I said, just appreciate all teams. And I really want Atlanta to do really well, and that's something that, you know, is cool too. I have a question about Baltimore, Baltimore sports. Do they. Baltimore. Baltimore. Do they also. You're still saying it wrong. <laughs> what am I saying? Try it. Try again. I was just checking with you. I'm saying it like a native. Native. Bal- Baltimore. 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 Yeah. Ah, 
Like Louisville. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, we'll <laughs> roll it all together. Can't Baltimore. Yeah. <laughs> no, or Baltimore, not not like that. Gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. Mary, Mary See, we're learning things today. Mm-hmm. So uh, Baltimore sports. <laughs> uh, my question is: Do you guys also build new stadiums every twenty years? We do not. No. <laughs> the, uh, that's a good one. I thought that's how everyone operated. No, it's not. Uh, and that's something where I, when I hear people kind of bitch about the new stadiums and stuff. Can I say that? No, yeah. Okay, oh, sorry. yeah. Sorry. Say whatever the hell you want. Start over. <laughs> the cursing. So when I hear people bitch about the new stadiums, I see it kind of two ways because I think you guys are very lucky to have these beautiful new stadiums built for you. And I understand why you like your old stadiums and they're not very old so I understand that kind of argument as well but I'm like man you guys are getting state of the art stuff and it's really cool especially the Mercedes-Benz Stadium is like I can't wait to go in there like it looks absolutely amazing and stuff they're doing for the fans seems really cool so that's awesome but I do like that there's a lot of history around the stadiums in Baltimore like Memorial Stadium was around forever I never got to see a gameplay there, but it was up until, like, 93 or 4 or something like that. Because so I you, know this is the 25th anniversary I think of Camden Yards. and then Camden Yards is 92. Yeah, because this, this is the 25th Camden anniversary Camden Yards is only Yards. built in 90, 1992? Yeah, it's not very old. It's, huh. it's the, this was, they did a little replica thing this year, which is cool, where you got the one game, they gave away a replica of the stadium to everyone that came yeah. to the game on the 25th anniversary. And I think that stadium is super iconic, so if they ever messed with it, I'd be super upset. Oh, so yeah, I get yeah. that side of things. Like I think that's what people here are more upset about, rather than the fact that it's like they're not that old. It's like people really loved Turner Field, people really loved the dome, and that I get. Like I get, and I'm more like that with Camden Yards than I am with M and T. Like if they did something M and T, I kind of be like, eh. It's that's a, the it's a very, Raven like, Stadium. Raven yeah, stadium. that's the Raven Stadium. That's a very typical. It's a fine stadium, and they did a lot of improvements this year. But I wouldn't be. As heartbroken about it, I also haven't spent that much time in M&T Bank Stadium, so I think that's why as well. But yeah, we have, both of those stadiums have been up. Raven Stadium has only been up since 96, since that's the team only came in 96, so. Uh, For context, folks, the Ravens have been around since 1996 and have won two Super Bowls. Falcons have been around since 1966 and won zero. What's your point, Graham? Very unfair. It is unfair. <laughs> and that was super sad. Um, One of the most heartbreaking things I've ever seen in my life. Oh, uh, was when we lost. Was that crumble? Yeah, yeah. That was I don't think we did. We talk about that. Maybe see, and I was more seeing you guys than seeing the team actually like fall because I kind yeah. of saw it coming as it was happening. But just seeing everybody's like, yeah, I really heart, wish I w- just y'all looked like your hearts had just been ripped out of your chest and stomped. On I wish you. we had that on video, just the progression of the night from right. like. Just c- complete joy. It's just like yeah. laughing. Yeah. You're like, oh, we're about to win a right. Super Bowl. But I can't and imagine like, and then I was like, oh god, out. if that happened to my like to the Ravens, I don't know what how I would react. So I was just like really feeling well, for well, you guys. Every a lot time of, you a lot guys, of every time you guys go to Super Bowl, you win. So correct. I was uh, I was actually curious about that. What, what what's it like to win a Super Bowl? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question, Graham. Not just one, but two. <laughs> Each time the Ravens have gone to the Super Bowl, it's been really interesting because they always come in as a wild card. They don't come in winning the division. They don't come in super strong. It's like they kind of just underdogged it. No one has ever picked us. Or when they do pick us, we do horrible maybe. But like the years we won, no one was like, yeah, Ravens are going to be a big factor in really getting the Super Bowl. And then 
just had these crazy playoff runs. I mean, I think the 2000 year it was more expected because our defense was just destroying people. Like, people were avoiding getting hit by our players because we were breaking people's thumbs and stuff. Like, it was nuts what that defense was doing. But if it wouldn't have been for all the different factors that happened, we wouldn't have been where we were. And very different NFL at that time because defense, I feel like now it's very much offense-oriented, and back then it was very much... Completely different Yeah, game. like I don't know if it's necessarily defense-oriented, but it wasn't so much like offense is everything. Uh, but, I, I mean, I was pumped. I had... It was close to my birthday, too, when it was happening. Like, the Super Bowl happened right at the weekend after my birthday, I believe, like the first weekend in February. So I was super pumped. I had a Ravens-themed birthday party, and I had shirts and all this stuff, and just went up to Pennsylvania to watch it. But I don't remember too much of the actual Super Bowl, uh, but it was a lot of fun. The only thing I remember about it is the whole uh, drama with Ray Lewis coming to Atlanta. Oh, jeez. The whole, uh, yeah. is, is that a touchy subject up there? A little bit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it depends. Like, a lot of people, people go either way. I think more people, you know, up there obviously kind of just don't want to hear people talk about it and don't, they're like, it's done. They went through the court system, you know, whatever happened, happened. And then there are people that are like, oh, he's a murderer. Like, that's, and that's the reaction right, I get yeah, more that's... like when I'm not in Baltimore. Yeah. Like, people be like, oh, yeah, Ray Lewis. I don't think like, everyone knows all the details yeah. of that. No, but it's it's all kind of muddled. So I mean, I yeah. understand why people it's before were social kind of media. Hesitant. Yeah, if there's social media, you know exactly what. Yeah, happened. there were no constant video recordings yeah. or anything like that going on. But he was definitely in the wrong place at the wrong time, and he shouldn't have been. And that was the last Super Bowl yeah. in Atlanta, wasn't it? Yeah, that wasn't even during the Ravens Super Bowl. That was during the Titans. Uh, yeah, so oh, we didn't okay. play. We didn't play ah, Super Bowl yeah. in Atlanta. It was not, he was just there. Was yeah. there. He was just there when that happened. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it feels awesome winning a Super Bowl. It's, one, it's wow. an amazing feeling. I always the have a time. F- it was great too. I was terrified because the first game we blew them out. So like the fir- first uh, the Super Bowl, game. we blew yeah. the Giants out. Like we were. I think that's why I don't remember it as much because I just remember we were doing really well. I was also like ten, yeah. so. Um, and I just remember everyone freaking out. Like, all the adults were just, like, freaking out, going yeah. nuts. We were all having a great time. We were actually in Pennsylvania when we were watching it, too, which I think is kind of funny. But uh, it was fantastic. Wonderful time. Got all the gear, hats, shirts, whatever. It was, And then people were just – your whole city is just a pump mm-hmm. for, like, months. Everybody's just like, oh, my God, I want the Super Bowl. Because there's nothing really after that, you know? Like, yeah. sports is kind of – I mean – you have your NHL, if you're into that. Here, you don't really have that, so it's not... And in Baltimore, not really either, unless you do end up... Some people in Maryland root for you know, Capitals and whatever. But it's like, for months, you're just... That's what you get to talk about. It's yeah. like, we won the Super Bowl. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, you get to talk about it for, like, guess, half yeah. a year. It's pretty It's pretty awesome. It sucks when you start again, because you get one of the hardest schedules, if not the hardest schedule, coming out of winning the Super Bowl. But uh, And then usually, you, you suck. So that doesn't <laughs> like the year well, that after. We could relate to. The yes. year that after we, we won the Super Bowl, to. we were terrible because they didn't extend Trent Dilfer's contract, and I don't remember if we had Kyle Bowler first or no, Elvis Gerback or whoever. We had some terrible monstrosity come in to be our quarterback, and it was just awful. I just always have the feel the fear that like you win a Super Bowl, which is something we've thought would never happen in our lifetime. And it still may and, not. Then, and then it, oh well, yeah, but like I think the anticipation of that feeling could almost be better than the actual feeling, because what if we win a Super Bowl and then it's just like now what? Nah, you now it's just you, all over. You won't, you won't feel that way. Trust me, you won't. Because even I, I, I don't know. Because I, I mean, t- like.
we've had two. It's been amazing both times. Like in 2012, it was still amazing. It's terrifying because we almost lost because the lights went they out. decided to sabotage us and everyone wanted the 49ers to win, but we still held strong. Might have been a little holding on that last play, but they didn't call it, so we held out and we won again. And then I went to that parade and it was fantastic. It was one of the best things I've ever done in my life was to go down there and see all the players and 90,000 people and people trying to climb over the gate to get in to see people. It was pretty... I didn't actually see the parade. I just went to the stadium, so I saw the end of the parade. Mm-hmm. But it was really cool. It's a really, really cool thing, and I hope you guys do get one very soon. It's fantastic. I think you, the Falcons are awesome. I think it's the right time for the Falcons to be there, and I think you will be back soon. I don't know if it'll be immediately, but you will be back soon. The team's too good. Your co- Dan Quinn's great. Matt Ryan's great. Your offense is fantastic. Your defense is only getting better. You're going to be there again. Well said. Trust me. My, uh, I guess one thing we didn't cover in our predictions, I don't think we're going to win the Super Bowl this year or go. I think, I think something is going to happen health-wise, some freak thing. Some Atlanta, we're going to Atlanta the hell out of it somehow. Don't you put that evil on us. Either from injury or something else. But there's a silver lining, Adam, to my prediction. So we're going to go to the NFC Championship game. We're going to lose to either Green Bay, Seattle, or Tampa. Some, some, or some unknown team like us is going to emerge like last year and going to come in and beat us somehow in some bullshit way, and we're going to feel horrible about it. Then the next year is going to happen. The next year we go to – or the next year the Super Bowl is in Atlanta. No team has ever represented their conference in a Super Bowl in their, in their town when they've hosted the Super Bowl. I predict the Falcons do this year after next, and it's against the Patriots in a rematch. And I don't think the Patriots go to the Super Bowl uh, this year either. And it's a rematch, and we win 28-3. to Grady Jarrett destroys Tom Brady and ends his playing career, and we win. <laughs> and we win the Super Bowl in Atlanta, the first Super Bowl ever in Falcons franchise history in Atlanta. That is my prediction. And- Ultimate... Success. You could kill me after that, and I would die. I was happy say, I think Graham would drop dead. If I would drop. You could literally. Someone could walk up to me after it was over. And I've celebrated enough, like an hour. Shoot me in the head, and I would have no regrets. <laughs> no regrets. Uh, you just jinxed any chance of that ever happening, Graham. You can't throw that in the universe like that. It's too late. <laughs> that is also something I've encountered very much with Atlanta sports. No matter what the sport is. Like the most superstitious people I've ever. Oh yeah, we have, we're extremely like, pessimistic. Like I know, but we're we're pe- like I think a lot of other teams are pessimistic. Like I'll be watching the game. I mean, whether it's a Steelers fan, Baltimore fan, whatever. Like, and you think your team's doing bad one quarter, and you're like, ah, oh, the game's over. But you guys like won't even talk about stuff like that. Yeah. Like, like you know, I'm we don't mind making predictions about things, and then yeah. we're like, oh, that's never gonna happen now. Like, We've suffered such like, atrocities. I've seen Adam knock on wood and things like during games, or be like, don't talk about anything. It's not over yet. Like we could just everyone could like break I get, their I legs get very and upset die. about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but I mean, I've seen it from other people too, not just you guys. Like I've seen it from other like native Atlantean or just. Falcon fans, Braves fans, whatever. People get really like, don't say anything. Yeah, maybe we were brainwashed as children or something. We were, because you think about it, right? You had this amazing baseball team, goes out, wins the World Series, and then just every single opportunity we had, we just fucked I'm, it up. I'm sure there was like one guy that's like, oh, I bet we win the World Series next year, too. And then that just ruined it for the how next can 20 one, years. So here's my question to you. And, and how can one person who has no say on anything, on what any player does, how they act, think, feel, 
anything like that affect the outcome of a game? Like I, I think s- it's an ego trip on no, your no, end no, to no, feel no, like no, you no, are involved. No, no, no. I have because a, you're a DC liberal. I have, <laughs> I have a theory, Graham, that I think I've told you before, that what if everyone talks about like the baseball gods and the football gods? What if this is actually a real thing? And the baseball gods declared one person, one random person, you don't know who it is, the one that is in charge of whether or not your team's going to win or lose based on what they say and their actions. I think you're full of shit. So just because that's a possibility, and you could be that guy, what if your pessimism over the years, and you've been penned the guy ever since you were born, but your predictions... All right. You're and you wildly are extremely, and you are extremely pessimistic. I am. I'm a very pessimistic person. So if but, you, if, if you just kept your mouth shut this whole time instead of making all right, well, predictions well, like we're going to win the Super Bowl well, in our own stadium, yeah. When Grady Jarrett, and you just screwed us, Graham. When Grady Jarrett sacks Tom Brady five times in the Super Bowl in 2019, and Tom Brady is so shaken up by it he retires, uh, you come find me and tell me I was right. For some California dreaming right now. I sure as hell hope that you are not our chosen one, Graham. I feel sorry for the Why would I be the chosen one out of all people? It's just a random person. You don't know. You're it, could, it could be Fred that works down at the old local drive-in. There you go. Drive-in? <laughs> There's a drive-in. Guess you're talking Starlight. about the varsity? Fred at the varsity? Sure. Yeah, it could be Fred at the varsity. You don't know. Jesus Christ, this is so ridiculous. So wh- why take these irresponsible risks, Graham? Because I don't believe in your bullshit. That's what we're asking today. Because I don't believe in your bullshit, that's why. Like, I've met, and it's it's interesting, because, like, superstition, I think, goes across all teams, but I think it's more in, like, what people wear. That's what I've encountered more before I was in Atlanta. It was, like, wear your jersey, and if they win, you keep wearing that same outfit. If they lose, you have to go wash it. Or don't wear a certain thing. Yeah. Like it's been, or, or I've done it. more of that. Like I grew up in that kind okay, of superstition well, of like you got to be wearing some kind of gear, and yeah. then if they lose, you better wash that shit because it doesn't, you're gonna it make doesn't it. matter. The, the, though, the point has no effect on the play on the field. Just like I'm the not silly. I'm not saying it matters. I'm saying it's interesting. It's interesting, but it's like he actually believes it. But this the, man the believes. The point it. is, why risk it? What if it does matter? Exactly. It doesn't. So like matter. how much of how much energy are you spending to make sure that if it is a thing. That you're following it. You're not spending that much energy at all. Exactly. It's like best case scenario. You wear a jersey two weeks. You just said that we were going to finish 11 and 5. So if we don't finish 11 and 5, you're going to blame yourself. If we finish 6 and 10, you'll blame yourself. That was a broad prediction. And I didn't actually say 11 and 5. I said 11.5, which is impossible. Because you're silly. I knew what I was doing there. (laughs) I see what Adam was doing there now. Jesus Christ. Okay, anyways. Last, (laughs) last, uh, we sort of got a little sidetracked there. Last, Last question. Unless you have any more. Um... Is, I got my stadium question out of the way. Is is from a uh, from a sports standpoint? There's a lot of stereotypes in terms of of, of uh, women. Women don't like sports. Only guys watch games together. Blah blah blah. What got you into sport? I find that to be horseshit because I you know there's plenty of women sports fans out there. So what got you into sports? It was definitely the men in my family that got me into sports. It wasn't my mom. Mm-hmm. She doesn't really know that much about sports. She's tried over the years to know more about football. She doesn't really care about baseball. But, I mean, she'll, she'll like, watch it, and mm-hmm. she thinks it's interesting. Like she's, she's always watched it and thought it was interesting, but just, like, knowing what a certain thing means, like, how certain plays are happening, she doesn't really – and I'm not that good on that kind of stuff either. Mm-hmm. Uh, but <clears throat> it was definitely – Preston was huge with that. My dad a little bit, but he was more like baseball, and he loved the Yankees because he's from New York, and right. he would try to get me feeling to piss off Preston. Who's but, your stepdad? Yeah, who's my stepdad, and he's from Maryland. So I think just him, he was always like, 
watching sports, and I wanted to learn them from a very young age, and I got into playing them. So I think once I started playing them, it also just rolled over into mm-hmm. watching them and following them and just got into listening to sports talk and now that's in my life so that's a whole other thing that right. I waste hours of my day on listening to <laughs> but uh it yeah so that was, those were the biggest influences do you often find like if you're out meeting people or talking to uh people for the first time about sports that men especially are surprised when they realize oh this chick knows a lot about sports yeah, definitely. I think people still have an idea that women, if they are there watching a game, they're just there with their boyfriend or husband or whoever. And while that may be who they're there with, they also might love their team and have a interest in it. And when I do start talking about players and stats and things, people they love it. Like they're surprised, but not in a bad way. They're not like, oh, you shouldn't like. Why do you know that? They're like, no, it's a oh, pleasant that's surprise. cool. Yeah, yeah, they're like, oh, yeah. that's really cool and. Blah, blah, blah. And especially because usually people that find that out end up being the people we're playing, so my rivals, and then we get we can get into a little tat tat of uh, talking about players and things in, in days past and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, people are definitely, definitely surprised by that. I remember a specific instant, because my basketball team is the Hawks all the way. I've n- I never rooted for basketball before Graham started taking me to the Hawks nice. game. So I, I love them. I've loved them. I love them since they're terrible. And yeah, I remember you got really yeah. into them a while yeah, ago. Yeah, I was really into them ever <laughs> since 2010. 2010 was like when I got into them. I love them. Also, the first Atlanta gear I ever owned was Hawks gear. So, but I used to be in a running club, and we'd meet up after our run at the Jason's Deli near Piedmont. It's not important, but anyway, I ended up talking to a guy, and I was wearing a Hawks hat. He was like, that's, he's like, why do you like the Hawks? Like, he was so intrigued by, like, why anyone, not not just, like, a woman. I don't remember his name. This was years ago. This was, like, at least, it was when they were still terrible. Probably, like, like Steve. No, they've always, they haven't been, they haven't been terrible since you. Steve doesn't know his shit. They haven't been terrible (laughs) since you have watched them. They've always been at least serviceable. I hate Steve. (laughs) Yeah. But I was like, what do you mean? They're, like, Atlanta's team. Like, I love them. I love going to the games and watching them. Like, why wouldn't I watch them? He's like. He's like, it's amazing because I've never met a woman's hawk fan or something like that. Huh. He said something like that. And I was like, wow. That was and, a- and then he was like, you're not even from here. And I was like, yeah. That was a heat check for Steve. I love Dominique. <laughs> yeah. My first experience also was sitting in a suite, so maybe that helped a little bit. That helps too, yes, mm-hmm. yeah. But, um, well, cool. Uh, you have any, uh, any other questions, Adam? I think I'm good. Well, thank you. Do you have any questions for us? You could turn the table. Uh, <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I can try to think for a second. No, not really. Nah. I kind of asked you about the superstition thing, so I think that was really okay. my, my Fair, enough. Fair we, enough. We just like to give people the yeah. opportunity to turn the table on yeah, us. It was, yeah. it was good to be on, and I hope to be back, and it was a lot of fun. Absolutely. Give you a cool. female perspective in yeah. the sports community. Thanks for supporting uh, a little podcast. A little we podcast. Yeah. Absolutely. Tremendous user, folks. Tremendous user. Indeed. Um, Listen to them all. Uh, well, that wraps up today's show. Um, if you haven't found us on Facebook, we're at Atlanta Zone Sports and on Twitter at ATL's and Sports Podcast. <laughs> and um, that wraps up today's September 2nd, 2017 show. For all of us here at Atlanta Zone, this is Graham Waldrop. Hospitality Soup. Hospitality Soup. Hospitality Soup.